Welcome to this APTA podcast. I'm Troy Elliott, and thanks for joining us. You know, if the Beltway Press were your only source of information, you'd probably be under the impression that Congress has two things and two things only on its agenda, infrastructure and the so-called Build Back Better or human infrastructure legislation around social and other spending. As of this recording, one of those has already been signed into law and the other has passed the House and will be taken up by the Senate soon. Turns out, however, that there's a lot more going on in these waning days of the 2021 117th Congress. And some of it is of real importance to PTs, PTAs, and their patients. There's major legislation out there that could make a significant difference in what PTs and PTAs get paid, what they're allowed to do under Medicare, and even the diversity of the physical therapy workforce itself. But time is running out. And for advocates and other supporters of the profession, the pressure is on to turn the pressure on. So in this podcast, we're going to get a lay of the land on Capitol Hill, find out what legislation is out there that we should be paying attention to and what we can do to get Congress to act. And to do this, I'm joined by our usual suspects when it comes to APTA advocacy, Justin Elliott, Vice President of Government Affairs at APTA, Laura Keevil, APTA Grassroots and Political Affairs Specialist, and David Scala, Senior Congressional Affairs Specialist for the Association. Welcome to everyone, good to see you, and thanks for taking out some time as things start to really ramp up in Congress. Uh, let's get right to it. First, let's talk about some breaking news, at least at the time of this recording, the introduction of a bill in the House that could have a major positive impact on the cuts planned by CMS for 2022. It's good news, right, Justin? It is, it is. And uh, what we saw on Friday, November 19th, uh, a legislation introduced in the U.S. House called the Support Medicare Providers Act, H.R. 6020, uh, this bipartisan legislation supported by APTA uh, was introduced by two of our champions, uh, Congressman Ami Berra, a Democrat from California, and Congressman Larry Bouchon, a Republican uh, from Indiana. And uh, we've been very uh, anxious about getting this bill uh, introduced. And what it would do is basically prevent uh, impending cuts to a whole wide range of providers in 2022. Um, not just physical therapists, but also occupational therapists, audiologists, orthopedic surgeons, uh, you name it. Uh, th over three dozen providers are scheduled uh, for cuts uh, in 2022. Now, what this legislation would do uh, is essentially uh, repeat the action that Congress did uh, last year at this time. And folks may remember back in December of 2020, uh, you know, again, as a result of, of APTA advocates making their voice heard, uh, Congress in December last year uh, infused an additional $3 billion in new funding to the fee schedule. Um, and that what that money did was uh, boost what's known as the conversion factor. And by doing that, uh, it uh, helped mitigate cuts uh, this year. And, um, but here's the catch, that money that they authorized uh, for 2021, that runs out on December 31st. Uh, and without congressional intervention, um, without Congress putting additional money into the fee schedule, again, we will see uh, cuts uh, to a whole wide range of providers. Uh, and so we're grateful for uh, Congressman Ami uh, Barron and Congressman Larry Bouchon for introducing this bill. And folks may recall, uh, this is something that, again, these two members of Congress uh, were very active. Uh, and there was a letter back in October uh, that they led a House sign-on letter that over 245 members 
of the House, again, a bipartisan letter uh, signed onto this letter, uh, basically saying to House leadership, we need to get something done before the end of this year. And so they really set the table uh, by getting doing that letter. And now we have a bill, uh, but we only have a couple weeks now uh, left in the uh, in this calendar year for Congress to, to get to get something done. Yeah, and, and this is in the context of um, a, a, a very uh, busy year. I guess they're always very busy, but the very busy year. Um, and there's a lot of other stuff happening at the same time. And I, that's, I want to take a kind of a, a wide angle view for just a, a moment and talk a little bit about the bigger legislative picture right now. Um, it seemed to, to those of us who aren't on the inside, like the infrastructure and Build Back Better bills were taking up a lot of the oxygen on Capitol Hill for quite a while. Um, was that what I want to ask you all is, was that what was really happening behind the scenes? And, you know, are these payment issues on lawmakers radar to a sufficient extent that they'll be able to really hit the ground running in these remaining weeks and, and, and get to this and address it? Um, and what's the competing attention um, that, you know, what, what is other issues are competing for their attention? And I guess just what the road ahead looks like. So David, I'll toss that to you. Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks for having me, Troy. Uh, it's going to be very interesting post Thanksgiving. There's going to be a mad dash on Capitol Hill to get a number of things done. Uh, they did pass infrastructure right before uh, the break, but now they have government funding, uh, which needs to be done by December 3rd in order to keep the lights on for the government. They have the defense bill, the National Defense Authorization Act. That needs to get done by the end of the year. There's also a debt ceiling to make to maintain that the Treasury is solvent by December 3rd. Um, and then there's also this Build Back Better uh, bill, which has been taking up a lot of the um, oxygen, as you said. And there are other program deadlines to get done. So those are just a few of the, the big issues that are facing Congress as they return, uh, and only a couple of weeks to get those done. I think. As you said, uh, it is true that, that had, the infrastructure bill and the Build Back Better have been the only two topics on Capitol Hill over the last month, month and a half. Um, and it has been the focus of any leadership conversations. It's been the focus of any committee conversations. Um, and so we have been advocating for, remember that this cut is happening January 1. That is a solid deadline that needs to get done. Um, and I think that members of Congress in the House have been uh, seeing this as an issue, as one of the deadlines that needs to happen. Again, Justin uh, referenced that there's 245 members that signed on to a bill saying that this needs to happen. But the fee schedule issue is on the minds of committee, uh, of committee chairs uh, that we've talked to. They know it's coming. Uh, so I think that that's very helpful. Uh, I also think that in the Senate, we had a, a fly-in day uh, that really helps our members talk to their senators about this, this fee schedule coming up um, and the deadline that's included. So I would say there's a lot of other distractions, but um, we are getting our point in there, and that's because of, of our advocates across the country. Yeah, Troy, I was just going to add in, you know, I think what's interesting you know, last year at this time, again, we were facing the same deadline, the same situation, cuts to a number of providers. Last year at this time, we were trying to cut through the noise and just educate them about this issue, about what the fee schedule is, who was getting cut, and what the policy was. Um, this year around, uh, you know, again, same situation, we have a looming deadline. 
This time around, members of Congress know this issue. They know it's a big deal. They know that dozens of providers are facing cuts uh, come January 1st. The difference though this time around is they, they're aware of it's an issue that it needs to get done. It's all of these other variables that are now in our way. Uh, the short timeline, the fact that um, they haven't been able to do any work the last several months uh, because of these other uh, major bills. And so um, I think the good thing that, uh, that and this kind of shows that, that the work of advocacy is that our members uh, by raising their voice, doing the flying, calling, doing in-district visits, they've really kept this on their uh, on the radar. Uh, and so now it's a question of, will the clock run out uh, before there's before they act? You know, the other, um, I think, very positive development that came from all that advocacy uh, last year and again this year that I noticed in that sign-on letter was the fact that they were actually mentioning the idea that the entire concept of the fee schedule is something that needs to be uh, reconsidered and reevaluated, which we've been pressing for, you know, for uh, for a while now. So again, I think it's uh, advocacy is getting some traction, right? I, and I think one of the issues that I, I wouldn't say the silver lining of the situation is that the cycle of cuts um, has really demonstrated that the fee schedule isn't working. Not it's not working for physical therapists. It's not working for a whole host of, of providers. And you look at things like the MIPS program, which was supposed to provide you know, value-based payment, provide bonuses uh, to participating providers, that's not working either. Um, and so this is beginning to push more pressure uh, on Congress, on CMS, to take a step back and look at the bigger picture. What major long-term reforms can be done to the fee schedule to truly uh, pay uh, providers for value-based uh, care? Because if they don't, this cycle of cuts is just going to continue. Um, we're just going to continue to be in this boat. And that's not something that Congress wants. Congress doesn't want to have to uh, intervene every year because the fee schedule is broken. They want to fix it. And so I think, you know, to your point, Troy, while we continue to push for these short-term fixes, uh, we are continuing and working with a whole host of other providers uh, to say it's, it's time for us to take a bigger picture look at the fee schedule at Medicare and do some big fixes to it because this is not sustainable. Um. Okay, let's stay on the fee schedule now for a while because we have some potentially good news in sort of another issue that's related to the fee schedule. Um, it's sort of a, a parallel issue uh, having to do with that PTA differential that we've been talking about for some time now. And CMS is ready to put it into effect in terms of the actual dollars um, in, uh, on January 1st. So as we know, CMS says it's only following requirements laid out by the Balanced Budget Act of what, 2018, I guess. And of course, APTA and other groups see it a little differently, but anyway, here we are. So again, it's now up to Congress and what's happening in that space. So yeah, what we saw is, you know, obviously we disagree with, with CMS. We think that they have legal authority to make some changes and tweaks uh, to not only the fee schedule policy, but also the impending uh, PTA and OTA uh, differential. And as folks know, come January 1st, um, there will be a 15% payment differential for PTAs and OTAs under Medicare Part B. Now, payment differentials aren't unusual. There are differentials under Medicare for physicians, uh, physician assistants, excuse me, uh, nurses and other providers, but theirs is uh, done a little bit differently. Theirs is based on the supervision level. But this uh, differential uh, come January 1st, obviously is gonna, on top of the fee schedule cuts, is gonna, again, create an unsustainable situation. But we do have legislation uh, introduced bipartisan legislation 
um, called the Stabilizing Medicare Access to Rehabilitation and Therapy Act, known as the SMART Act. And um, that's HR 5536. Again, this is bipartisan legislation introduced by Congressman Bobby Rush, a Democrat from Illinois, and Congressman Jason Smith, a Republican from Missouri. Now, if signed into law, uh, this legislation would do three things. Uh, first, it would delay the differential for both PTAs and OTAs until January 1st, 2023. Our thinking is, again, uh, we are still not through this pandemic. Now is not the time. We need more time to recover uh, and, and make sure that uh, therapy is stabilized. Uh, the second thing it would do is um, it would provide an exemption for rural and underserved areas. Uh, again, these are the areas uh, that are getting hit the hardest, uh, not only by, with uh, the opioid epidemic, but also that need therapy for uh, uh, re uh, COVID uh, recovery uh, for those folks who have long COVID. And so we think it makes a good policy sense to exempt these areas, uh, primarily because of the health disparities and the workforce issues in rural and underserved areas. And finally, it would do something that APTA has been pushing CMS for years to do, and that is to change the supervision requirement under Medicare Part B from direct supervision to general supervision. Now, every other setting under Medicare has general supervision. Medicare Part B is the only setting that has direct uh, supervision. And the vast majority of states, 40, over 44 states, have general supervision of PTAs. And what this bill would do is basically say um, that this, uh, the standard uh, for supervision under Medicare Part B has to reflect what is, what is allowed under state law. CMS can't have a, uh, a supervision requirement that is more stringent than what is allowed under uh, the Practice Act. So we're, you know, along with advocating for HR 6020 that would prevent the cuts to the fee schedule, we're also advocating for HR 5536, uh, which will uh, deal with uh, the PTA and the OTA differential. And APTA is not alone in advocating uh, for the SMART Act. And we are working with a number of other uh, provider groups like AOTA, like the National Association of Rehab Agencies uh, and Providers, as well as patient groups like Brain Injury Association of America and United Cerebral Palsy. And so we are working together um, to really push uh, both the fee schedule uh, fix as well as uh, this legislation that would mitigate the impact of the PTA and OTA differential. Yeah, and we should um, again stress that uh, this this is another one of these deals that's going to go into effect um, January first if nothing's done by, by Congress. So again, the clock is the clock is definitely ticking. Um, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to find out what else is going on in Congress and what we need to do to advocate. And now for a quick break. Better together, together again. Join thousands of attendees from around the world in person and online for APTA's combined sections meeting, February 2nd through 5th, 2022. This year, there are two ways to participate, in person or virtually. The in-person event will take place February 2nd through 5th, in San Antonio, Texas. Visit apta.org slash CSM for more details. And now let's return to the show. We're back. We've talked about probably the two most pressing advocacy issues in physical therapy, the payment cuts and the PTA differential. And um, in just a few minutes, I wanna get back to those so we can talk about and talk with Laura about what we can do uh, at a grassroots level to make sure Congress understands the need to act and act quickly. But before we get to that, I know that there are a few other things going on on Capitol Hill that are worth mentioning. So what else is happening? Yeah, Troy, so we have some good news and this all happened during November. So it's been a busy month 
Um, and the good news is that the Senate companion bill for the expanded telehealth access act was introduced. So that's a big thank you to senators Danes, Smith, Moran, and Rosen, uh, who all advocated and introduced this bill, which would permanently allow physical therapy services under Medicare, uh, which is really exciting. So now we have a bill in the House and in the Senate that we're advocating for. Um, and so we will be pushing uh, for that once the public health emergency ends sometime in uh, 2022. Uh, switching gears a little, some more good news out of the House Energy and Commerce Committee. Uh, our bipartisan Allied Health Workforce Diversity Act was passed through the committee unanimously, which is incredible. Um, and the bill, remember, uh, just a reminder, the bill adds grants and stipends and scholarships for PT programs to recruit students from diverse backgrounds. Um, and so this is great news. Uh, we are awaiting to see when the bill will go on the House voting schedule. Um, and as soon as we know that, we'll, we'll send that out, which is very exciting. So hopefully we'll get that past the House soon. Uh, the other uh, good news here is that another uh, APTA endorsed bill, the Dr. Lorna Breen Healthcare Provider Protection Act was also passed through the Energy and Commerce Committee. Um, and this bill uh, provides grants and educational resources for healthcare providers with the uh, goal of re reducing uh, suicide and burnout and mental health and behavioral uh, conditions for, for healthcare providers, which includes physical therapists in, in that bill. Um, and so this is, again, good news. We anticipate that both these bills should be on the same day of voting schedule. So um, it will be an exciting day when uh, those pass the House. And they both have uh, Senate co um, uh, companion bills. Uh, so we'll be working uh, with the Senate to pass those and hopefully get it to the president to sign uh, soon. So good news all around. Um, so we have some other uh, exciting things that are happening uh, for the PT profession as far as federal legislation. Well, great. That's There are some promising developments there. Uh, okay, now I wanted to get back to the fee schedule issues. Um, and as we said over and over, there's just not much time left uh, before Congress goes into recess. So I imagine uh, things are going to start happening quickly, and I know that APTA is asking members and supporters to stay on their toes, be ready to communicate with their legislators quickly uh, when it seems like an opportune time. So, Laura, I'm going to turn to you. What should we be doing to support the fee schedule and differential bills, and uh, what's going on, and is there anything else that we should be doing uh, regarding these other bills that we'd like to see get passed? So, it's really important to contact your members of Congress on these issues. As the end of the year comes closer and closer and closer, we have to continue to raise our voices to get these really important issues addressed by the end of the year, especially these time sensitive ones. And we couldn't make it easier for everybody. We have our action alerts on our patient action center and legislative action center. So the legislative action center is for APTA members only. The patient action center is for everybody. And we have an action alert on the PTA bill. We have the Medicare cuts up there. So you can ask your friends and family. I know we're going to be likely hanging out with them over the holiday season here. So, uh, you know, as you're passing the stuffing, you can also ask them to send a letter to Congress on this and help your profession. <laughs> um, but it really does make a difference to take two minutes and to contact your member of Congress on this issue. You can also personalize the letters so you can 
let your members of Congress know how these issues would directly impact what you do and the people that you serve. Uh, it's also great, you know, you can call your member of Congress too. At the beginning of December, we'll be working on a letter writing campaign. So right after um, the Thanksgiving holiday, everybody be ready to go because we're going to ask everyone to start writing their members of Congress. And then, you know, we'll be shifting to a call campaign as well, where we'll have a script for everyone and you can call your member of Congress and kind of ramp that heat up a little bit. But it only takes two minutes. We have a script. So if you do get a voicemail, you can just leave a voicemail using the script. You don't have to think of what you need to say. I know some people get a little anxious on the phone, so we can um, make it as easy as possible to get our voices heard. But it's gonna be a busy couple of weeks ahead, but I think that with the energy around this issue and the dedication and support of ABT members and supporters, we can get the job done and we appreciate the support and the time that anybody can give on helping out with this issue. But with the yeah. holidays coming, of course, there's going to be a lot of noise and a lot of distractions, and we can't let that take our focus off of what we need to do. So as you're going about your business and going about your lives during December, which is always the busiest month, just don't forget to you know, make noise on this issue because we, we can't be silent. We have, to, we have to advocate for this, and it's a very serious issue that we need to, to let Congress know that they need to help out. Yeah, and you know we should we should uh, emphasize that we say letter writing campaign. I know that can sound intimidating to people, like they have to get out their old Selectric typewriter and 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 type out a big letter and mail it and all that stuff. But no, when we're talking about the letter writing campaign, we're talking about using the Patient Action Center and the Legislative Action Center, and that's the letter writing campaign. And it really is just a piece of cake to get through. And uh, unless you want to um, sort of uh, add more information. So please don't be intimidated by the words letter writing, right? Absolutely. It's an email. You, it's all pre-filled out, pre out for you. All you have to do is sign your name, you put in your address information so it goes to the correct member of Congress. And no typewriters or stamps <laughs> or trips to the post office needed to let your voice be heard with your members of Congress. <laughs> Great. Well, as we say around here, uh, staying connected is crucial. I mean, I think I think that's that message is loud and clear, and especially at times like these. And as always, APTA is here for you. Uh, for these particular issues, one of the best ways you can stay up to speed is by joining the APTA Advocacy Network. And that's a free service that provides you with legislative alerts and opportunities for action. You can really sort of uh, kind of keep your finger on the pulse that way. Uh, just search for APTA Advocacy Network in our website search bar. It's easy to find and easy to sign up for. And of course, there are lots of other ways to stay in touch with the sort of the broader range of issues in advocacy and payment. In addition to our weekly email blast, we offer podcasts, uh, live events, webinars, other resources to help you stay informed. And if you want to tune into all the activity going on in payment uh, relative to physical therapy, and including many of these advocacy efforts, Sign up for Friday Focus, uh, the monthly collection devoted to payment that comes uh, direct to your inbox on the fourth Friday of every month. Uh, one coming out this Friday, all for free. Just search for email preferences in the search bar at APTA.org and sign up. It's, again, it's really easy to do. So thanks, Laura, and thanks, David and Justin. We have some crucial weeks ahead of us, and we need to be ready to act. As a final reminder, be sure to visit APTA.org where you'll find more resources on all the topics we talked about today and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, it's at APTA Tweets. APTA podcasts like this one are available on Apple Podcasts, 
Google Play, and Spotify, or by visiting apta.org slash podcasts. I'm Troy Elliott, and thanks for listening.